Greeting Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Help the South Shore Radio Show. And here we are once again, mouth of the South Shore Radio Show on the I ninety. Nope, on the Wowie Wowie, Yowie no, Wowie, Yowie Wowie. You know what I'll do? Yes. You're listening on the Wrestling Perspective <clears throat> Network. That's it. I got He's it. The mouth of the South Shore, Eric. That's Cordova. me. I am the one who knows what he's doing, Eric Kravitz, and we welcome you back after over a month of waiting and wondering and wishing and praying and thinking. I know you didn't do much of that last one, but we are back um, almost better than ever. We're going to have a friend of the show on. His name is Ryan Peterson. He is a ring announcer for various independent promotions all across the Northeast. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, and I, was, I was excited about before that. Before we get into that, you're gonna get you're gonna yeah. get into something real quick. I, I have to. Um, you know, I was excited about this. We're coming back. We have a guest coming on. There's a lot of stuff to get to. I, you know, I got the videos that we're gonna start doing on the page, and you can check out the page at Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show on Facebook and at MOTSS Radio on the Instagram and Twitter. And you know, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm putting together the questions. And then I heard I, the news. I, I come to you, you with know. some very bad news. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can't. Th- Here's the thing. We've come to you with bad news before. And most of the time, it's like, you know, we'll do a career retrospective on people. Because that's what we know. We're wrestling fans. We know wrestlers from what they do inside a ring and on our television screens. This one, for me, is more than that. And, um, you know, I have the unfortunate duty if you haven't heard yet to inform you that Ashley Massaro has passed away at the age of 39 tonight um, out in Suffolk County, New York and that that's where the story begins and ends and I, I want to share a personal anecdote like I said in these situations normally like hey I remember watching that person as a kid and you know what joy it brought me right like when Jimmy Snuka died everyone talked about watching him in Madison Square Garden I'm going to tell you a personal story here. You know, in doing this show, we've gotten to have some cool opportunities. And uh, one of those was we got to go to Eternal Con a couple of years back. It's like a Comic-Con, like a local Comic-Con at uh, Nassau Coliseum. And I'm told by the promoters, you know, get there early because that's, that's when the wrestlers could talk to you. Then, then they'll have lines and you won't be able to get to them. So I'm like... Okay, no problem. Like, I know I'm there for a purpose. I'm going to do that. I get there, and there are exactly zero and a half wrestlers there. 45 minutes before the show starts. The first one that walked in was Ashley Massaro, right after I did. So I, I went over to her, and she tells me she never gets there early because she lives locally. And But she figured, you know, I'm turning over a new leaf. I want to I want to start getting to these things early and doing what I'm supposed to do, and we just we got to talking. It turned out her daughter was 16 years old at the time, and one of her top schools was my school, the University of Florida. So we we talked about, you know, her being a mom and helping her daughter in this in this college choice part of her life, you know. And after that, every time I went to a convention. Every time I went to a wrestling convention, she was there. I mean, this is New York, and the promoters are always going to reach out to the local people and see if they want to come. And she lived locally. She lived in Suffolk County. If you read the reports, she passed away at a hospital in Suffolk County. So it's not a story. It's not a ruse. Like, she's a local girl, made good, and there's still not enough information. If, if we get any in the hour we're on, I will let you guys know. But, yeah, this one hits hits really hard because 
This is someone I got to know. This is someone I got to know on a personal level. This is someone I stayed in touch with between shows. You know, I, I don't know how to process that quite yet. I, I just found out about this 20 minutes ago. Yeah, I, 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 I found out about it only a little bit before you. Um, I wanted to make sure that the news that I got was legitimate before I shared it because you never want to go guns blazing into into telling somebody who, who like, to be very honest with you guys, we're not very close with a ton of people in the wrestling business. Um, I'm happy to say that Ashley Massaro was maybe one of those people that we were fairly close with. I've only met her twice. Um, Eric has more um, he, he has more of a connection to Ashley than I do. She completely forgot we met the second time I met her, but that's fine. You know what? I'm a very forgettable person, and, and, and you know, I, I forgave her right away because she meets literally thousands of people a year who, who, who just want her to say hi and be in her presence, and from what I gathered about her, she really liked having all the people. She, she loved being able to entertain people. And she, she was all, she, she was a really cool person. We talked about, uh, she went to Nassau Community College. So did I. She told me stories about her partying at the University of Albany where I went. Um, she was nice enough to show us one of the tattoos that she got while she was partying at the University of Albany. And if you're, if you're going to meet somebody and they have a University of Albany tattoo story and you don't hear it, you really didn't take full advantage of the situation. And fortunately, Cordova and I were able to get intimate enough with Ashley Intimate, you know, get to know her well enough. We're, we're that, engaged uh, tellers. Yeah. Uh, we, we, no, well, um, technically, neither of us were engaged at that point in time. That's true. We, and, and, you know, we, the, were both, we were both seeing the people we are now betrothed to be wed to, but you know, whatever her loss. Well, that, that, it, it's just, uh, it, it's a really tough situation because like, uh, Cordova said at the top of the show, wrestling is a business, unfortunately, where these things are far too common to begin with. And, and for a lot of these people, it's always saw them on our television screens. And just like people in Hollywood who pass away, you remember them for a role they played or or a line they said, or maybe you had a quick interaction with them and they were nice. But because we're lucky enough to be doing what we're doing uh, right now, we were able to get to know her just that much more. And knowing the type of person she was, how she, she, she cared about her daughter like crazy. I've only met her twice. I really had a long conversation with her once, and her daughter came up so much. She couldn't stop well, that, talking that's why her. That's why she was doing all these things. It's not, you know, people often look down at this. Like, you heard all the stories about, um, you know, the old wrestlers going to these conventions and sitting there and hoping people will buy stuff, right? The reason that she was doing everything that she was doing it's for her daughter. Like, everything. And, I mean, that's a lot of sacrifice to have done the WWE thing and go on the road and travel. And she was doing the modeling thing and going on the road and traveling. You know, and, and people would often look and say, hey, isn't it a great life, though? You know, you get to travel. You get to perform for people. You get to take pictures. You get to go to Vegas. When you're doing that so you could support somebody that you don't get to spend that much time with while you're doing those things, it's not easy. Not and yeah, you know, I, I remember, I remember when she told me her daughter was going to prom and she was going to be home for it. And she was really excited that she was going to get to take all the pictures and stuff. You know, it, it's, it's real moments like that. And the thing is, and I want to address this because I'm guessing I'm going to run into comments online of like, either inappropriate stuff or just sort of brushing it off because she wasn't the biggest star ever in WWE, right? I mean, she only appeared on, like, two WrestleManias, and she, you know, her star was, I guess the word would be, like, a shooting star. 
bright for a moment, and then it fades away, and she goes on and does something else in her life. And that's okay. You know, I, I don't expect wrestling fans who didn't know her to react the same way to her as when, um, you know, like an Eddie Guerrero passed away. Like someone that they, they saw on their screens for years upon years, and they felt the real connection to outside of the true human connection. But understand that this person was 39 years old. 39. That's not, that's not a full life. And I'm not going to speculate as to why or the how. I don't know. Again, if there is information that comes out, we will address it. But I am not going to put anything out there that I do not all, know. And, and also, that's not terribly important. And I'm, I'm not going to speak for you, but when, when I don't really care. You know, somebody lost their life. Doesn't matter how. I, I don't either. But, but people tend to take this approach of like, well, it, it matters because – if it's the wrong reason, no, there's, there's no wrong. No one deserves to die, you know. That, that just, I don't care how you think or what you. No one deserves that, and unfortunately, this is, this is where we are. This is what happened, and yeah, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow for me. I, I can't speak for other people. I can only speak for myself, and I'm telling you these personal stories because they're real. They're real to me, and I'm, you know. I'm still struggling with my words. I'm on. I, I understand this is radio, but hey, you find out 20 minutes before you're going on air, and you got to alter what it is. You're, I'm not even doing my intro. Like I'm not doing what I plan to do with the first 15 minutes of the show, because some things take precedence, and this took precedence. What I do want to do, I, I, I want to help her daughter in any way possible and I'm going to start with just putting my words out into the atmosphere and telling her we're here for you I, I don't know how that's going to manifest itself but if there's anything I can do or I am I mean please you can let like, me into this you, 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 yeah you, this you is, can you can use the dreaded we the, yes there's anything we can do I mean this is something you know she's going off to college this was her mother you know, I, I, I can't lose losing a, a mother at a young. I can't even imagine that well, losing anybody close to you at a young age. Yeah, it, 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 that, that that's one thing. But because it's your mom the, and because they were judging by the way Ashley spoke about her just so close, it, 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 it's something that I no nobody should ever ever experience and it it's so it's just the worst possible situation for like anybody to be like whenever anybody loses a family member but for it to be somebody going into college somebody who's struggle who who i mean as a teenager i was struggling to find myself and it's stereotypical but as some as somebody who's really looking to find themselves and now to all of a sudden not have their main source of inspiration their main source of strength their 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 biggest cheerleader the thought of that is devastating and it, it it's not happening to me it's not happening to to you this is this is somebody who's never going to have that again and go if you're listening. If you take anything away from this show tonight, go 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 give your parents a hug. Just just say hey, what's up? Like you 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 never know what what's yeah. gonna happen between now and the end of my sentence. Let alone the end of our show, the end of the day, the end of the week. And I'm going to try, if there's anybody out there that you, that you care about, who you consider to be close to you, just reach out and say, hey, and let them know that you're thinking about them. Because and I'll, you, don't, you don't know when you're going to have the next opportunity to do it. I'll end this segment with this. We're about to bring on our guest, who Kravit is going to introduce. So let's let's get out of the somber mood. Let's Let's have a little bit of fun because, hey. 
you know, we are but a passing flame in the night, and life does go on after us, no matter how much we don't want to believe that sometimes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring on our guest, Ryan and Kravitz. Tell us all about why Ryan is an important guest us tonight. Because I brought him on the show. That's literally the only reason why he's important. But um, to anybody else listening, Ryan Peterson has his fingers entrenched in the independent wrestling scene all across the Northeast. He got his, well, we'll get into his start, but he was a ref for a little bit. He, he, he tried being a performer and he stumbled into an announcing gig, and now he's taken the world by storm as the lead announcer for Creator Pro Wrestling. He's all over the map. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you with pleasure, Mr. Ryan Peterson. Ryan, are you there? Yes, I am here, and that's one hell of an intro, guys. I love it. I, I'll, I'll expect your check in the mail by the end of next week. Sounds good to me. Let me let me start off by let me start off by saying this. I recently I just heard about Ashley Mazzaro, and such a tragic. I actually met her a couple of times. Nothing but a sweetheart and a doll, and she will be deeply missed in the wrestling community. So, on that on that somber note, what the positive, like you said, which is about me. Yes. <laughs> you, yeah. You well, fit in right. You fit in perfectly. Yeah, so so we want to bring up the spirit to the show, and I want to do that by understanding this, because we've been doing this thing for a while, and there was a time that we, I'll use the word flirted, with a couple of independent organizations, and we just didn't go all the way with it. So talk to us about how, how you get into this thing. How do you get into the crazy world? Like, where does your story begin in the world of wrestling? Oh, boy. Well, my story actually became, actually started about nine years ago. I went to high school with a couple of people that used to wrestle for a group called NYWC, and they told me about this about them. So I went as a fan, went back every single time, and then I started going to another promotion out east called ECPW and became friends with the with the wrestlers there, and one of the wrestlers actually owned a training school where they actually had a seminar which was hosted by WWE Hall of Famer Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart. So here comes the seminar, and I am telling Mr. Hart, Mr. Hart, sir, I can't wrestle. Uh, what can I do? Because I tried the wrestling, and I sucked. I'm being honest. So he said, why don't you try rapping a match? So I, you know, attempted a rapping match, and I sucked. I'll be flat out and say I sucked. Thank God there's no footage on that. Luckily, there was a speaker and a microphone system in the school that he was using to talk to, you know, everybody. So he gave it to me. He says, why don't you give this a shot? I want to give everybody a shot of something, so why don't you try this? And the minute I opened my mouth, I can tell by the look in his face that he was in shock and awe because after the seminar, he uh, pulled me aside and said, that is your calling right there. I have never been so shocked in a good way in a long time. That microphone is your calling. And then two months later, I made my announcing debut with ECPW out in Shirley at a bingo hall in front of almost 300 people. And the main event was a steel cage, and I was nervous as all hell. To be, to be clear, I hated public speaking. And I'm an announcer. How funny is that? That, that's normally what happens. You start working in the thing that you absolutely hate the most. Like with me, I, there's no person in the world I hate more than Eric Cordova. And we've become good friends. And we do this once a and week. And yet here we are. Yeah, it's crazy how life <laughs> gets at you that way. So but let what me, happens let me ask, from... <laughs> yeah, you go, well, I want to ask this question. I mean, so, so this is not a thing that you're comfortable with, but yet you want so badly to be a part of this world, how do you bring yourself at, at that first show, knowing that you're, you're probably uh, duking in your pants? How do you bring yourself to go, you know what, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it works, because I've tried the other stuff, and it hasn't. How do, you, how do you get yourself to that point? 
well, if I remember correctly, and this was like almost seven years ago at this point, in the beginning, like before the show even started, yeah, I was absolutely nervous as hell. Like I was trying, I was pretty much going through my head, looking at my index cards, making sure, you know, I got everyone's name right, how to pronounce it right, you know, just pretty much second guessing myself on everything. But then right, but then right when, you know, the music hit for me to go out, all of a sudden, the fears went away, just like that. It's like the adrenaline, like the adrenaline just kicked in, like, okay, this is it. They're good to go. Let's go out there. And apparently, I did a good job. Apparently. <laughs> I mean, this is seven years ago, so either they can find literally nobody else to do your job, or you're good. <laughs> I'm going to choose to pick the latter, because you're a nice guy, and I know who you are. Yeah. Well, I do. To be fair, to be fair, Kravit, you've been doing this show for almost nine years, and it, I don't know that it's because you're good. <laughs> I, I, I've known you. We, we've, we've been around each other for nine. No, no, I met you summer going into twenty. Wait, hold up. Can you stop phones anymore? Is that a thing? I've known you for nine years. Mm-hmm. I need to take wow. a real hard look at who I keep in my life. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So, anyway, yeah. back to Brian. Thanks for being uh, present for that. I appreciate it. Okay, oh, no so, so, so now you've been doing the ring announcing. What would you say is the weirdest moment that you've ever had to announce? Uh, the weirdest moment. Hmm. Okay. Here's one. This was like right around maybe like year two when I year two of my career. I was working a show in Brooklyn with a company called Five Borough Wrestling, who I still work with to this day. And one of the show, one of the uh, stars on there, who was at the time part of Ring of Honor, was Tommaso Ciampa. Now the he was the match before intermission, and normally, and you know, he was going into the back of the locker room area. And normally, the announcer always tells everyone, "Okay, it's time to time for intermission. Go get food, go get drinks, and whatnot." All of a sudden, without even noticing, I feel someone's hand in the back of my head. I thought that was like the camera guy just saying "good job," but no, it was actually Kamato Champa, following me in the ring, saying, "Okay, get in, get in." I'm like, "Holy crap!" Okay, so I roll underneath the ring, and I'm standing up. I'm like. You know, playing, you know, playing off like, oh my God, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me. And he's like, get, he's like, get down, like get on your knees. I'm like, okay, I'm good, I'm going down on my knees. And he's like, now he's in now crawl back to the corner, crawl back to the corner, crawling back, crawling back, crawling back. Meanwhile, the crowd is absolutely loving this. They're like, kill him, kill him, please kill him. Please. They were like anti against, they were like against me. So he grabs me by the tie, he tells me to get up, and like, he was about to punch me, and then all of a sudden he gives me the biggest hug. And whispers in my ear, thank you. And the look on my face was like, what the hell just happened? Meanwhile, the crowd, the crowd was, you know, they were so amped up. And all of a sudden, when they see, me, see him give me the hug, they were, like, they were booing the hell out of the situation. Some people actually threw water balls in the ring. I'm like, what the hell just happened? So that's, like, you know, one I definitely remember as of, as of late, like a weird, like a weird story that I can tell to this day. I think it's absolutely pretty funny that, that sounds like an incredible story is that your favorite moment from being a ring announcer oh no absolutely absolutely not no that was that was just one that and the funny thing is i didn't even know that was all happening that was literally on the spot i'm like okay yeah, even better. Those, those are what make the best stories in in life and specific and specifically wrestling just those impromptu on the fly you know improv moments and the fact that you played along and you played your part so well only made it that much better. But you were getting into your favorite moment before I was rude and cut you off. No, no, no. Yeah, that's right. I, actually have a, actually, uh, I actually have a couple of favorite moments, actually, so far in my career. Well, actually, three. One of them, which I'll talk to in a little bit, is getting the opportunity to work with a company in Jersey that I owe, that I love, you know, dear to my heart. And that is American Championship Entertainment. I've been there, guys, and pretty much almost when I first started in my career, six and a half years later, 
and I still I love it to this day. But anyway, I'll talk about that a little bit. But my top two favorite moments was last year with not only do I announce for wrestling, but I also announce for MMA and kickboxing events as well. So I get a call from a promoter up in Connecticut asking me to announce announce their event. Actually, I'm sorry, no. Announce one match as a tryout. I said, okay, great. Where, where at? You know, give me the address and everything. It was at the Mohegan Sun Arena, a 10,000-seat arena. Now, that's where the nerves kicked in for like a second. So, well, actually, no, the nerves kicked in until I actually got to the building. So, I get to the building, and I meet with the promoter, and I said, okay, you're going to do one match, and then enjoy the rest of the show. Because he, he also does submission matches as well. So, I'm like, okay, so I'll do one MMA. Let me do one MMA, and then I'll enjoy the show. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, after, after I introduced the first fight, he, he's sitting right next to me. He leans over and says, and I apologize if you any, you know, curse it, you know, massive cursing right now. His exact words, you're my fucking guy from now on. I, you are my permanent guy from here on out after the first match. So I did the rest of the show and I've been his, and I've been his guy ever since. And I'm actually returning up there in a couple of weeks in June, on June 1st. So that's, you know, interesting story being able to say, Hey, I work in big arenas now, like the Mohegan Sun Arena, which is huge. You know what and they now, say about guys. You know what they say about sorry, guys who ahead. work in big arenas. What? They're big time, and when you when you're big time. Oh God. I'm I'm doing oh, it. This is God. the transition because we have to. Um, <laughs> when you're a big man, sometimes you're not so big in other places, and uh, you need oh, God. our sponsor, BlueChew.com. <laughs> That's blue like the color blue. At BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So, Kravit, tell them, tell them it works. Uh, but visit BlueChew.com. if I had any experience, I would. Because okay. nothing would make me happier than, you know, I mean, uh, I take that back. There are plenty of things that would make me happier than knowing this. But knowing that you can get an erection again does wonders for my heart. Absolutely. Oh my and, and you know what's great about it? It's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. I live in an apartment building. Could you imagine if it was labeled, hey, here's some boner pills? Nope, it comes to your door, not labeled, no one knows what's going on, and it's made right here in the good old U.S. of A., and since it ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Where can you go wrong? Have I said anything here? that could possibly deter you from upping your sex life with BlueChew.com. And here's it. I'll make it even – I'll up the ante. I'll make it even better. Use the code WPP, and your first shipment is free. Just pay the $5 shipping. In order to do that, you've got to go to BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code WPP to try it free. BlueChew, the better, cheaper, and faster choice. And if anyone knows about being the faster choice, it's the crab. It is true. That, uh, of all the ways that you rammed it in, Bluetooth.com, I would put that in, like, the bottom third. <laughs> we, well. we, we've, had some, we've, had, we've had some pretty good ones. Uh, I'm trying to think of some, but, you know, they're not coming to me. That's where Bluetooth.com would be helpful. Absolutely. So, Ryan, you were telling us about your MMA announcing experience. Yes, please do. Yeah, well, actually, I didn't get I didn't get a chance to tell you my top moments of my career so far. Let's go. Since, since you know you were talking about you know the chewable erection pill, um, that was that moment was the top moment for me until WrestleMania week. Where I got the call, and luckily I was literally 20 minutes away at another show called called uh, Sport, which was run by Game Changer Wrestling. I get a call around four o'clock from Impact Wrestling asking me, "Are you in the area? We need an announcer tonight. Can you announce our show?" 
And the funny thing is, I've been trying to get on that show ever since it first announced in the beginning. I think it was the beginning of the year. And the fact that I actually got the call, the, the opportunity that day, it really, my adrenaline went from maybe like 10 times faster than, say, when I first started announcing in general. Like, the adrenaline just went, you know, absolutely insane, like like an Indy 500, because it's one of the top major companies, and they're calling me to announce one of their biggest shows. And it was a great show from start to finish, in my opinion. So those two right there are definitely like the top moments of my career so far, because my career is, my career is only seven years old. I still got a long way to go, so anything can happen between now and the future. When you're on all these independent shows, because when you do Impact, you know that some of these guys are already stars. You know who they are. When you're on an oh, independent show, you're talking about people who aren't there yet. Has there ever been anyone in all your time doing this that you've gone to the show, you saw them and went, wow, that one's going to be a star? There, there are a few of them, actually, but one of them... I can, I can honestly say, he can say it to this day as well, I got to announce his first ever match, his first ever real professional match. And that is, in my opinion, the guy that is going to take AEW by storm, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. Oh, a member of He's the tribe. Guy. Yep, exactly. I, I think... I can honestly say, you know, from the first moment I met him to now, I'm truly, truly proud of him and what he has done in his short career so far. I mean, he's only been wrestling, I think, for almost three years. No, I'm sorry. Uh, four or five years. I'm not sure about the time, but it's, it's you know, short. And he's done, he's done it all. He's done major league wrestling. He's done combat zone wrestling. Now he's doing, and he was on all in last year, and now he's doing all elite wrestling. It, it is definitely going places. And you knew from the first time you saw him, like you were like, that guy's going to be a star, or does it surprise you that he's been this good? No, I, I knew from the moment because of how, it, how his character was, of how he became, you know, the cocky, the cocky heel that a lot of people do not see nowadays. In the world of world of professional wrestling, he he brings that. He's great in the ring. He's great on the mic. He's absolutely. He has a a lot of charisma in him, and that and I knew from right then and there that he was definitely going to pick. I mean, he's only twenty three years old. I know, and that's and that's even more impressive, in my opinion. Yeah, I I was just thinking about that. When you're saying he started five years ago, he was 18 years old. Which is why in New York you can do. Yeah, I think I I think I had heard that. Because um, we we have been out to those NYWC shows, and I I know they have a training center, and they said you have to be 18 to sign up, if I'm not mistaken. Here, here's here's the thing. I think you can actually start. Tra- I could be wrong, but. You can actually start training when you're 17 with your parents' permission, of course. I mean, there it's it's that little loophole that you know you're a year before the legal age, but yes, you have to be 18 in order to you have to be 18 years old in order to train in the state of New York. Right, that makes sense. So here's what yeah, I want to know because you know we do radio and we have our own way about doing it, and I I know that. Just from doing, like, the soccer games we do, how much preparation goes into it, what do you do to prepare to call a wrestling show? Well, for some of these promotions that I work with on a constant basis, all the guys' info, like their weight, their hometown, nicknames, anything like that, they're pretty much glued into my brain. So if I say, you know... And, you know, MJF, I know exactly how to introduce him, you know, way hometown is, you know, his, his, you know, little slogan, which is, he's better than you and you know it, MJF. 
I know that right off the top of my head. But if it's something like a brand, like a new show I've never done before, I always it's weird, but at the same time I always try to press ahead of time. And a lot of these promoters actually give me the card a week beforehand. That way I can just write the card in order. That way when I show up to the building, I can you know meet the person and just write the info quickly, and that's to it. If not, then what I do is I follow. You know, I follow their pages, you know, because obviously I got to, you know, show support for the company that brought me in. And, you know, just look at the match, you know, the matches that they announced for said event. So I can use, so I use that as kind of a little, little cheat sheet. And if it's someone that I've, and if it's someone that I've worked with, you know, before, I recognize, remember their info at the top of my head. But if it's someone new, again, I meet them in person the day of, get their info, and be on our merry way. Do you have a wrestler? You know how Greg Hamilton used to do the, the AJ Styles entrance and it was very unique? Do you have a wrestler that you have a unique announcement for? Do wrestlers give you input on how they like their names pronounced, anything like that? There's, there's a bunch of them, honestly, on the top of my head. Um, one I can think of at this moment, um, a gentleman by the name of Evander James. He wrestles out of House of Glory. And he's all, uh, I'm trying to, it's been a while since I've worked with him, but I know he still uses his, you know, his entrance. He's the man you can trust. And you have to say it like that with, with a little emphasis to, you know, give, you know, the little extra, little oomph to his name. But there's also another person uh, by the name of Johnny Collins who wrestles with Creative Pro Wrestling, uh, Victory Pro Wrestling, and a bunch of other promotions. And his, his intro is actually pretty funny because basically he, he hails from his mansion in the Hamptons. He weighed in at 160 pounds. He is the head honcho of handsomeness, Johnny Pretty Boy Collins. That's how he wants how he wants people to introduce them, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. My God, yeah. I hope he's a heel. Jeez. Oh yeah, he is. He is. He is. Okay, good. Because if he was a babyface oh, with that intro, it would never work. Well, I mean, I mean, it'd be funny to see a face, you know, have that, you know, long intro. But hey, anything can happen. How much, given that, given that you do announcing yourself. How sick does it make you to see the WWE make sure that everyone has, like, a branding and that they can't say people's names without branding? This is something that's just been bothering me, and I just want to pick your brain on it. Like, the fact that every time Sasha Banks would come out, it's boss time, right? Or Balor Club is here. Like, I don't know. How do you forget about about the big dog? How do you how? Is, is there coming from a, a, another announcer? Is there a, a non-organic feel when you hear that? Does it make you sick to your stomach the way it does me? Every, to be honest, every time he, you know he says you know it's boss time or ballot club or or the big dog, I yell back at the TV, "Shut up, Michael!" But unfortunately, he's not. But unfortunately, it's not his fault. It's you know the big, the real big dog himself who I think, in my opinion, is stuck in the 80s with the product he's been living out lately, Vince McMahon, because he's the one that's telling them to use – because he, Vince has the final say in everything. And he's probably the – and the reason why they have the headphones on, because Vince is in the back with the headphones and the microphones. He's probably telling them to say this shit, you know, constantly. And it just annoys the hell out of me. I mean, I'm glad that Finn Balor is on SmackDown. Because then we don't want to hear Michael Cole say if Dallas Club has come to wherever they are, or I hate to say it, but thank God Sasha Banks is not on TV anymore, or else we have to hear it's boss time. Thank God. Yeah, well, it, it's us, we'll get the big dog, but now it's uh, it's now Tom Phillips branded. It kind of sucks because we're almost out of time with you, but I know that you have some big shows coming up in the next few weeks, and you want to pimp them out like crazy, right? Well, oh, before, yeah, we so. before we get into Ooh. that, before we get into that, I have one last question. Sure. Does being a ring announcer get you all the chicks? That's what the fans want to know. 
Uh, it depends on the state. How does that sound? Depends on the state. Oh, well, where, where, where does one need to go? Where's the place to go where the, the women fall in love with the announcer? Where, where have you found that to happen? Oh, God. Out of New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, right answer. Perfect. Now let's get anywhere, into what, what do we got to plug? Good. <laughs> let's right, plug so, some shows. All right. So first of all, this Saturday, Ace Pro Wrestling is teaming up with Lodi High School and Project Graduation with the class of 2019 for a massive fundraising event with meet and greet starting at 5 o'clock and the bell time is at 7. It's called Justin for Greatness. Log on to Ace Pro Wrestling for more details. In two weeks, Creator Pro Wrestling returns to Lindbrook at the Knights at Columbus over there on Hempstead Avenue with a massive show called Perfection. On that show, we have TSA star Scarlett Bordeaux on the show. Oh, sorry, Impact Wrestling Scarlett Bordeaux. And also making his first WWE appearance, his post-WWE appearance, Sean Spears, formerly known as Ty Dillinger, will be making his first indie match. And then the following night, I'm back at Mohegan Sun with Reality Fighting MMA. And then the following week, I'm not going to get into much detail, but uh, it might be a little little hardcore for those of you who are familiar with, you know, a certain gentleman named Tommy Dreamer. Who knows? And the following week, uh, possibly either Excite Wrestling up in New York or, if things work out well, Northeast Wrestling at Six Play. But make How sure to follow Yeah, but make sure make sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all the events that I'm announcing. And that's pretty much pretty much it. <laughs> what are the handles for your social media? Well, on social, on Facebook, it's just it's just my name, Ryan Peterson. On Instagram, it is wrestling mc that is one word one word and on twitter because i rarely really use twitter i use instagram more uh i'm trying to think off the top of my head it is ryan peterson mc that's simple awesome well ryan you were mediocre just like i thought you'd be and (laughs) thank you very much we, we both thank you very much for sparing some time with us on uh, what could have been a pretty somber evening. Thank you for picking the mood back up a little bit. And, guys, please follow Ryan on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Go see him at the shows. Tell him that you love us also. It'll be fun. It'll be fun for the whole family. I, uh, oh, absolutely. I mean... All of us are family fun, trust me. We, that's what we try to do because we're trying to bring – wrestling back to where it's supposed to be, not the current stuff you see on TV right now. And I'm so glad that Cody Rhodes is coming with All Elite Wrestling because I think they're definitely going to change the game and join the rest of us as we try to make an impact in professional wrestling. And I may have to come visit you at that Creative Pro show. And it's only oh, because please. of you. It has nothing to do with Scarlet Bordeaux. Oh, I mean, you can come from Scarlet Bordeaux. I don't give a fuck. You'll take one look at Ryan and know you're there for Scarlet Bordeaux. Absolutely. But Love you, buddy. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, and we'll see hope to see you guys soon. Have a good night, buddy. All right. All right. You You know, I wasn't kidding about that. My mom lives like a town over from that. I may have to go to that show. I was planning on going. What what date is that again? What that we can it tell our audience? May thirty first at the Knights of May Columbus 31st. over in Limbrook. Yeah, I may have to I may have to go to that one. That sounds like a good show. You get to see some Ty Dillinger, some Scarlet Bordeaux, and some Ryan. How about that. How about All it? All right. All right. Well, I so, my spirit has picked up. Do you remember there's a pay per view this Sunday? There's a pay what? There's a pay-per-view Oh, right. There's a pay-per-view this time. Okay. So I what you're saying is... I completely forgot about it. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I completely so, forgot. It's money in the bank. So so should we talk about it? Or I, don't... I mean, do we... I, honestly, I don't even know if I want to. All right. So 
I, I don't know. Let's let's not do predictions. Let's just talk about it and where the product is at this point because it's really all I could do. Um, I'll ask you a few pointed questions. Let's see if we can figure some stuff out. I've been on the show, so I haven't looked. Has anyone been announced to take Alexa Bliss's spot in Money in the Bank? Because apparently she's this out happened, as of this morning. This happened hours ago. They've announced who's taking her place. Literally at 2 o'clock p.m. today. Okay. Who's taking her place? It, it is Nikki Cross. Good. That's who it should be. Yeah. She might also win. I gonna... don't think so. I, I know who the favorite is to win, but wouldn't it be a good story? I, I'm just going to throw this story out there because I think this would be a, a, a fun way to do Money in the Bank for the women. Nikki Cross wins Money in the Bank. Alexa Bliss supports her and tries to suck up to her and be her friend until she tries to cash in and Alexa Bliss stops her from cashing in. We've never and seen thus, that. Right, and that's a kick off a feud between the two. I think it'd be a cool idea. But then again, this is WWE, so cool ideas are not allowed. Not, not at all. But you knew it was going to be Nikki Cross from the moment... For some reason, Alexa just doesn't wrestle anymore, for whatever reason it is. I think she, like, she, she's one of my favorite people on TV right now, but she might not be able to wrestle again. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's obviously something going on with her health. I will say this, though. I think Nikki Cross, very underrated. Not even just as a wrestler. Like, I think looks why she's underrated. You know, she wears all the baggy clothes. You don't get to see her that much. But, like, I think if you really looked at her, you're like, wow, she's an attractive woman. Just just saying. Okay. Cool. <laughs> do, do we not agree with that? I mean, she's all right. I think Asuka deserves that. Asuka deserves, like, the most underrated woman on the roster award as opposed to Nikki. But that's just me. Now, is that Asuka of the Kabuki Warriors? They chose their name according to Paige. They wanted their name to be the Kabuki Girls. And for the longest time on the Indies, Kyrie Sane's finisher was called the Kabuki Elbow. So I think they're okay with the Kabuki name, and we should be okay with it too. I, I'm fine with it. It's, it's, somehow it's better than the Viking Warriors. So, you know. You don't, are you sure you don't mean the Viking experience? I'm pretty sure I don't mean that. But okay. if they hit their finishing move, I might mean that. Oh, God. Uh, it, it's just, I'd rather them call it the Bluetooth.com experience. Bluetooth.com. Better than the Viking experience. Do you suppose that Sarah Logan has had the Viking experience? Without the assistance of Bluetooth.com, I tell you what. Yeah, Dude, they're like 23 years old. I, I imagine they don't need Bluetooth yet, but... When you're when you're someone the age of Shane McMahon who will be on Money in the Bank, you might need BlueChew.com. Man's got three children, been married a long time. What is it? Who knows what's going on there? He's also uh, fighting the think, Miz at the pay per view. Yeah, that, that that feud should have died already. Also, can you? Yeah, believe, well, I want to I want to make this point. Do you know how many weeks there were between WrestleMania and um, I think what was the pay per view before WrestleMania? I don't even remember. Like Fastlane. Fastlane. There were four weeks between Fastlane and WrestleMania. There were yes. seven weeks between WrestleMania and Money in the Bank. Yeah, kind of feels like it should probably be the opposite. It Although I don't hundred percent be the opposite, but the writing has to be right because WWE spent three of those seven weeks going brand extension and superstar shakeup heavy, so they ruined it. And it's frustrating. Well, yeah, it's gotten to the point where the the show after WrestleMania isn't even the Raw after WrestleMania anymore because, well, we're just going to change it next week anyway. Or we'll wait till next week to do our call-ups because they can get drafted to the show. That's a much better idea than doing it as a surprise. That's totally better. the, The entire product right now just feels forced. Oh, yeah. Like, even talking about it right now. But it feels very forced, which, which, which yeah. is what it is. It's just frustrating. And I'm going to get to more things that bother me about the current product in the videos that I'm doing because we don't, we just don't have enough time to do it on the show. 
I mean, we have 10 minutes left. I, I don't have enough time to go through everything that and, – and I did one video, and you can check it out on the page so far. I'll be doing eh, one or two a week on things that just get on my nerves that WWE does, and they don't realize how bad it is. And I'm not Will talking you about – that these things grind your gears? Because that might be copy. Yeah, maybe. Eh, maybe. I, I'll tell you, though, this Bray Wyatt stuff is pretty cool. At least they, at least they're letting him run with something because it all the uh, apparently it's all his idea what he's doing. So. Uh, I'm it's the most creative thing going on WWE television today. Yeah, and wouldn't you know it when you're actually creative, people might want to see stuff. It's crazy, I know. There are two things I'd like to see WWE change: be a little more creative, and bury Baron Corbin in a ditch. Just do those two things, and I think we're fine. See, I, I, I would like to preface my next sentence with this sentence. I am not a Baron Corbin fan. I, however, don't see why people despise him as much as they do, other than the fact he looks like a valet at a really bad nightclub. If they I got rid you- of the best, if they made him look like a wrestler again... I feel like people wouldn't hate him nearly as much. No, I'll tell you why. It's because people associate him with that really bad time in the fall when he was the acting Raw general manager, and they made him like the star of the show, when he clearly wasn't ready to be the star of any show. He's fine being a bit player. I, I, I personally think that the gimmick of saying all the stuff that he used to be is being wasted on him, because I, I just don't think he's that it's talented. It's a really good gimmick. It is a good gimmick. Having everything about him. That's and great. it would be and it would be much better used on Bobby Lashley. I'm just well, saying. You know, Leo Rush had to go screw himself out of that job. Yeah, I, idiot, idiot. And look, I'm sure someone's gonna say, "Well, now this AEW." No, AEW shouldn't touch the guy. Okay, you should see the writing on the wall and know that when you're a kid, and he's a kid, he's young. Okay, I think he's like 22. 23. He's really young. If you're going to be stupid about your own career, then you need to take a step back and earn your way back. I don't think that AEW should touch him. I don't know who's going to. He's actually not. Uh, he's 24. So, yeah, he's a kid. You know. And he's got a lot to learn because, first of all, his real name is Lionel. I mean, come on, dude. Lionel. Your name is, your name is Lionel. Why don't you get a little bit of humility there, Lionel, okay? Sure. And come on. Come on, dude. <laughs> it's cr- it's crazy. Whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I look at Baron Corbin, and I can only hope and pray that he does not win Money in the Bank. He's done so before. It didn't work out that well. We were there when he cashed or failed to cash in or something like that. No, we weren't. Wait, wait, wait. Where were we at? The show before SummerSlam or something? Yeah, we were at the NXT before SummerSlam. He had already cashed. He already tried to cash and fail. Like, oh, right, and he showed up. Fire. Right, yeah, right, he showed, he showed up, up and everyone chanted. Nobody knew who he was. Right, right, right. Okay, so let's go through the Money in the Bank. And not go through it, but who do you think is going to win? The male Money in the Bank and the female Money in the Bank? I think, I, I, I think Drew's going to win. I either want him or Andrade to win. I think Andrade with the briefcase would be really, really cool. Um, because Drew doesn't need it. Drew should have gotten the title, like a legitimate title shot by now. But who knows? He might get it in the near future. As for the women, I think either Ember or Bailey is going to win it. But my issue with the briefcase is this, for the women specifically. Which title do they cash in on if Becky Lynch is still the dual champion? Do they win both? Do they win the title of which they're the brand of? What happens to the other if let's say some let's say Bailey wins it and she's on SmackDown right now? Does Becky automatically stay on Raw because she's still the Raw Women's Champion if Bailey doesn't win both? It's so convoluted. I do not know what's going on. Yeah, what's the difference? We have that new stupid rule anyway that you can go wherever you want. No, nah, uh, that, that that that's wor- you know what I wish happened. I wish Fox in NBC, Comcast Universal, actually drafted wrestlers they wanted. And it was done through the WWE ruse. 
But I wish people at both companies actually knew what they were doing so we could have a legitimate draft. That would be incredible. Tell me on that. It would certainly be interesting. I, I don't know how that would end up shaking out, but it would certainly no, be interesting. WWE gonna... is obsessed with the fact, oh, anybody can go anywhere at any time. Really? Really? Ugh. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a little perspective behind what would happen with uh, Becky Two Belts, um, which I will not continue to say and try to get it over as a brand. But my Becky initial thought when they, when they announced that she's going to defend it twice is that she's going to defend it and beat Lacey Evans in the first match. Then she's going to defend and beat Charlotte in the second match. Charlotte's going to get upset. She's going to attack her after the match, and we're going to have a cash-in. And because it was the SmackDown match, it's going to be for the SmackDown championship. Now, the question becomes, who is that going to be that cashes in? The answer, of course, is not either of the people that Kravit picked. It's Mandy Rose. Yeah, which really upsets me because I think Ember or Bailey needed so much more. I would I forget about needing it. Bailey doesn't need it. She's been a champion, and it would be pretty easy to get her back to that level. I mean, but I, I would love to see Nikki Cross get it because I just – I love the idea of a crazy person having this thing. It worked with Dean Ambrose where he just walked up and cashed in. He was like, eh, whatever. Like, I just won the title. And that was, like, at the point where Dean Ambrose still worked. By the way, apparently he's John Moxley again, so that's news. Right. I don't know where he's going. No, it has not been announced where he's going, other than to the movies. He's making a movie, by the way. Yeah. So, I don't know. So that's what's happening. Um, But, yeah, like when he did that, I thought it was a good thing, and it could be even more fun if Nikki Cross doesn't cash in right away. And she just, like, runs around like a crazy person on both shows, threatening to cash in all the time. Could be fun. As for yeah. the men's Money in the Bank match, yeah, like the easy way to go with it would be someone like Drew. I'm going to do a little more outside-the-box thinking. And You're I'm going to say Sami Zayn is going to win it. That would be incredible. Sami Zayn is the second best thing about WWE television right now. Yeah, and, and the reason I say that is, and I think, and I don't know if this is true, but I think that if you win Money in the Bank, especially with these new rules, you should be able to cash in on Whoever you want, show of your choice, right? Well, Sami Zayn, his character currently is about critics, right? And, you know, and, and talking about all this kind of stuff and how the the audience views different things. Wouldn't Sami Zayn be the perfect guy to cash in on someone like Kofi Kingston? Yeah. Right? I mean, it would be easy to be critical of the New Day, who may or may not be trying to get in on that sweet, sweet Becky Lynch mom. That's, that would be Big E trying to do that. He's going to be out until 2020 or 2021. Did you read this? No. He, yeah, he was just saying that. There's Are no you way. as devastated as I am? What? Apparently, Big E Langston is going to be selling pictures of the iconic feet on Venmo to supplant his lost income. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. There's some weird-ass people out there. Uh, including us. And with that said, we got about a minute left, so we have come to the end of our long and winding road. And in the words of the dead, what a long, strange trip it's been. Just a reminder, we will post the information for our good buddy Ryan and all the shows that he will be on. And I highly recommend, Kravit and I are going to check out the show in Lindbrook. I highly recommend you guys do that. We'll be there. Come say hello. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, when people like Scarlett Bordeaux are there, you totally want to talk to us, but come say hello. Um, I mean, you've already as, seen Cordova's face if you've checked out the video. Yeah, it's, it's – you don't want to see that. Um, it's there. I, I know. It's almost as attractive as the top of your head. Look, you can see yourself in the top of my head. So as long as you have good self-esteem, you're fine. Absolutely. And with that, I am the Mouth of the South Shore Cordova. He is the Crab. Check us out on the social medias. Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show on Facebook. At MOTSS Radio. On the Twitter and the Instagram. So until next week, enjoy your money in the bank. And Ashley, 
gone too soon, but we love you. And we'll all you. the best to your family. 